Welcome to Generations of X, the podcast where we discuss the past, present, and future of all things X-Men. I'm your co-host, the uncanny Dayspring. And I am your other co-host, the adjectiveless Flinkman. Folks, we are here again, WandaVision, mini-sode, not such a mini-sode last time, but should hopefully be, we'll just call them Wanda-sodes. How how about that? (laughs) I love that Wanda-sodes, yes. Don't you, Wanda, watch some more? (laughs) Always, always. I want that. The Fanta song has no joke been stuck in my head for the last week. Like I'll just like randomly in the kitchen be like, Wanna, Wanna, don't you wanna? Thanks no, it's Wanda, don't you Wanda? I know, I know, but like I don't know the words to that one. So like I go straight to my my brain goes to the one that I do know. Folks, we have our two incredible guests back with us. And our first guest is Nightfall, aka my little brother. And our second is the beautiful Courtney, who has not picked an alias yet. <laughs> yeah, I need to. This yeah, and, and Courtney, one. don't forget, Courtney is phoning in from uh, the future. Uh, how, how's tomorrow, Courtney? Tomorrow? Um, well, here it's gray, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's gray in California, too, isn't it, nightfall? <laughs> you know what? It's a little bit of uh, rain on me right now, actually. Oh, same, same. Oh. Rain in here. We're, oh. we're, are, are, how, what about NYC? Are we, are we connected by weather today? No, it is bitter cold here in NYC. <laughs> <laughs> it is like 29 degrees. It's what she deserves. <laughs> Winter is here. <laughs> There's no... I went out to get coffee this morning and I almost like died. <laughs> I would love that. You yeah. would love that, that if I died? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Me in the cold again. I love wearing sweaters now and hoodies. And I'm just like, I go outside and I'm like sweating. I'm like, ugh. And then I have oh. to take a bath every time I go outside. <laughs> I, I like the cold, but here it is just like bitter cold. Like That's the true. kind that like sets in your like bones and like just makes you like all achy and everything. It's like I, and then when it snows, I hate it now. Cause like, no matter what we have to go into work or we have to go somewhere. It's like, yeah. You mean it's not like Texas where everything cuts down with one snowflake. Right. (laughs) Well guys, we are here to discuss Wanda vision, our favorite, favorite new Disney plus episode. And this week, the episode was insane. Insane. Nightfall is going to be kicking off our recap with a summary of the episode. And mm, I'm just I'm just dying to hear what you have to say. So we open up to a fabulous 70s style intro, paying homage to the likes of Mary Tyler Moore and the Brady Bunch, showing Wanda and Vision in this beautiful idyllic life with Wanda being pregnant, Vision preparing to be a dad, and they're seeming to have a great time. They're paid a visit by Dr. Nielsen, who in fact does confirm that Wanda is pregnant to no surprise. It's not an illusion. Um, and she is about five months, uh, six months at the time. As Vision escorts the doctor outside, he sees Herb. And well, there's already a glitch in this matrix because Herb is, in fact, glitching out. He looks like an NPC in a video game that doesn't know what to do. And he's cutting into the brick fence, even acknowledging it and then going back to it. So it's kind of funny. It's showing definitely that things are unraveling, which is nice. But as Vision goes back inside, Wanda's even more pregnant. And Vision is definitely excited to be a papaya to this little (laughs) child, this unborn child, that they don't know the gender, they don't know any, they can't even decide on a name. They're deciding between Tommy or Billy. So as they're getting everything decorated, they're painting the nursery a beautiful lilac color with a butterfly mobile. And Vision is preparing how to, you know, change the diaper on a plastic doll so he can be the best father ever. Wanda starts to experience contractions. So much so that her water breaks, even in that moment. And Vision in a panic goes to get the doctor. And just as he leaves, we're paid another visit. Not by a stork though. We're actually paid a visit by Miss Monica, I mean, Geraldine. (laughs) And she comes in asking for a bucket, you know, 
because there's a flood in her house because Wanda's powers have gone out of whack and caused an outage and everything kind of went crazy there. So once she gets her bucket, she starts talking about her temp job. Wanda's trying to hide the fact that she's pregnant in a whole, you know, kind of uh, funny little homage to 90s or old actresses that are pregnant on TV shows that are trying to hide that, um, which was so funny. Big coats, fruit bowls, vases. Nothing stops her, though, from going into labor, in which Geraldine helps her out by delivering the first baby. That's right, I said the first baby. Because when Vision and the doctor come back, as Vision greets his firstborn, they're greeted with a second child, Billy. So Tommy and Billy, the twins, have been delivered. And just as things are looking happy and amazing, Geraldine starts to say some things that kind of spark Wanda to remember something. And she says along the lines that she was also a twin. And she even goes and mentions her brother, Pietro. And Geraldine says something. She goes, he was killed by Ultron. And that just sets off everything. I mean, with Wanda already kind of acting hostile now because of that revelation, then outside, Vision seeing Agnes and her hush-talking together, they're worried about Geraldine and they think that she's a, an intruder. She's an outsider, no family, no home. What's she doing here? And so Wanda starts pressuring Geraldine and Geraldine doesn't really give any other information other than the fact that she has a weird necklace that has a symbol that we've seen before. And when Vision comes back into the house, Geraldine's nowhere to be found. She's gone. And Wanda just says she rushed home. And the last shot as the aspect ratio expands and turns back to a more cinematic appeal, we see Geraldine get flown out of some type of bubble force field and she lands in the middle of, well, a town, essentially, as a bunch of soldiers surround her while Daydream Believer starts to play in the background. Bravo. 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 You need to narrate WandaVision. (laughs) Handled previously on. (laughs) Well, that was a lot. Oh my God. This episode... I think was equal parts revealing and then also even more unsettling in regards to just how the storyline was developing. I mean, from the beginning with the Brady Bunch and it was pretty much the house, right? I'm not crazy. It was the Brady Bunch house in reverse. Right. So that's like kind of my big question for this episode. And Dayspring, maybe you as the avid Nick at Night watcher can can help us out here. Was it homaging something besides Brady Bunch? Because that house, yes, to, that was 100% the Brady Bunch house. But there wasn't a whole lot of nods to the Brady Bunch otherwise. Whether, right. Was there another 70s sitcom in there that, that I missed? So I think the opening credits was exactly what Nightfall said, which was Mary Tyler Moore. And then in the intro, if you notice, they have Wanda and Vision. Like you have like six photos of them on, yeah, in those I did catch hexagons. That. Yeah, and then the playground and the turf. That's all Brady Bunch. That's yeah. it. I didn't see any other '70s okay. references, and I was looking for it, but I didn't see anything. Oh no, I just think in in to your point in this episode, we literally like the walls are literally cracking, and it was. <sighs> just some of the actions of characters just kind of put another layer into them and another depth. And I was at the same time, I was like, Oh, I don't know in this episode, who's real, who's not real. What is happening to Wanda? I actually have a lot of notes in regards to kind of the underlying symbolism of what I think this could mean and symbolize in regards to Wanda's mental state, but we can like get into that <laughs> later. But I, I mean, the whole time I, I started questioning is, and I'm going to pose this question to all of you guys. Like, do you guys think Wanda has control of this reality? Because there were times where I felt like, um, I was like, I don't know if Wanda's controlling it or if someone else is controlling this. So, I mean, good example. I will cover it later on, especially with vision. And when he starts finding out something and then it just all of a sudden resets. And so we'll, we'll talk about that later, but um, this whole episode, I was kind of following along, really enjoying it. I liked the kind of new 
developments we had, especially with Geraldine. And I thought that was, I have a lot of questions regarding that too. So oh. but I'll let you guys. Um, well, we have a really big Geraldine fan. <laughs> I was going to say, I, <laughs> I, I text Dayspring earlier and I was like, 75% of my notes from this episode are about yeah. Geraldine. When I looked, we'll, we'll get to Geraldine, but like when I look back over my notes, you know, for this episode, I, I, I kept repeating words like sinister, disturbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I felt like this episode was really actually pretty dark because like clearly Wanda's messing with everyone, including Vision, her husband, whom she loves in like really cold and calculating ways. And then like, depending on what she's doing to like seemingly innocent people like Dottie, the doctor, Herb, uh, she she's almost behaving, you know, somewhat villainous. Yeah. I mean, like Herb specifically, Herb going through the wall with his hedge clippers and like that scene to me, like I didn't, you you said it was funny. I thought it was disturbing. Like I was (laughs) disturbed by like what is going on with Herb. And then like later he's with Agnes and like, like, is this all Wanda? Is Agnes in on it? I can't get a good a good read on Agnes, but I do think yeah. for the most part that this is all Wanda and that she's, it's highly questionable behavior. I, I just, I'm in awe of Elizabeth Olsen, her acting. Yeah. Like she can play sitcom yeah. acting. She can hit those high notes. She can be slap happy. When she was giving birth, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And then the second she starts doing the lullaby in the Covian, mm-hmm. she was so eerie. And yeah. then when, you know, her accent comes back and she just turns yeah. to Monica, I mean, Geraldine and literally, I mean, the acting is just next level and, and Elizabeth Olsen sells it for me. Yeah. This, this could have gone South had it been someone, another actor or another person like, but Elizabeth Olsen's on point. Mm-hmm. I, I agree that scene where Monica mentions Ultron killed Pietro. I mean, it was, it, she was so dark and sinister. Again, those words that I kept, I kept yeah. repeating. Um, but then I thought Tiana Paris as Geraldine was, was great too, because she, her reaction, like that she was general, like genuinely terrified and also confused at the same time. So I thought that just that brief scene between the two of them was just, was masterclass from, from, from both parties. Yeah. Well, and can we talk about <laughs> Tiana and the way she sat down and delivered that monologue about the boss <laughs> and just sat there. She was so with the, with how people in the seventies wrote people of color, you know, with, with all those like really deeply like racist, like language and stuff. And you're like, oh, they, people don't talk like that, you right. know? And, but right. she delivered it so well. And all I could think of at the end of the episode, Episode. And if we want to dive into Monica Rambeau, I just thought like, wow, Monica Rambeau is a good, like Monica Rambeau, the character is a good actress because she is playing along in Wanda's fantasy. And you don't really know she knows what's going on until she's like, he was killed by Ultron. Well, I was actually, you know, one thing when I did a second viewing of the episode, I thought was really interesting. You brought it up was how she had a very like interesting vernacular and the way she, her speech pattern was while she was kind of in character, if you will, like Mm -hmm. when she first came in, especially like in a 70s style aesthetic. Um, The second, and we'll get, you know, I know we'll talk a lot about it, but the second the stork happened, like the noise, she got really scared. And like, I kind of, you know, I, I took a pause there because I was like, wait, she's talking like herself like she's talking like Monica instead of her character and that was Mm -hmm. such an interesting layer to kind of see there because like she reacted so intently like she she knew that this whole world was fictional and she knew what to expect so that kind of threw her for a loop like she wasn't expecting it and like I was like wow that's a really like layered moment right there because like the second she's like oh it's the you know the ice maker in the fridge she's like oh okay like she goes straight back into like the same kind of vernacular she was having beforehand but it was like a really and then we see that again when she kind of gets you know asked like who are you and she starts to kind of like break out even when she's like you should go and she's like Wanda don't do this like that was like oh yeah <laughs> she means yeah, business. And I, I feel like Tiana Paris just has like such great energy and I know that that's like such a cliche phrase and like it's not something I I, I say too often but like I say I it all the time her. and she does she does <laughs> she does <laughs> And like Courtney, you may remember uh, in Hall H when she like came out after they announced her cast oh, yeah. her casting on the series, and she was just like, 
genuinely so excited to be there and so excited for like all of the fanfare and so excited to be a part of it. And like, she's brought that energy to Geraldine. And like, now I'm like super curious to see how she's going to play Monica, you know, what she's going to be like in the real world. And And I think maybe we caught a glimpse of that. Like when she was taking charge and prepping for, for Wanda's delivery, because of course her being there at that exact moment was no coincidence. Um, But no, I'm, I'm genuinely excited to see, you know, what, what's coming on, you know, going on with her. And um, just generally, I'm, I'm so far, I'm really pleased with what's going on with her because it kind of seems like my theory regarding her is, has mostly been correct. Uh, you know, maybe her brooch in episode two didn't really mean anything, or maybe Dr. Strange is, is still to come, but, but either way, it definitely appears as though she's a member of, of S.W.O.R.D. based on the necklace that she was wearing, which Dayspring, you mentioned um, on Instagram, uh, stands for mm-hmm. sentient weapon and not oh. sentient yeah. world in the MCU. Yeah, uh, isn't so it totally that... makes sense. Was that actually changed or were they both named? It was changed. Oh. And I believe uh, it was General Ross in one of the previous movies that talked about monitoring weapons. So, and someone else mentioned connected. Yeah. Someone mentioned that on Twitter and I was like, Oh, you're right. I think it was, I'm forgetting which movie it was, but Mm -hmm. I, my question now is, are they, because the the question we were talking about last week was, is there something otherworldly happening here? Now we know it's not, but now is sword monitoring Wanda because they see her as a weapon. Yeah. She's Mm -hmm. a sentient weapon. And I think Monica is, the agent that they selected to, to penetrate this bubble or, or pocket reality that Wanda has created. And, and I, this is what I, I, I assumed by the end when she was thrown out is that, you know, there's this pocket reality or bubble and the military or sword have, you know, built a perimeter around it. Around it yeah. Do you think it was purposeful that she, that Geraldine was in that kind of pocket bubble? Or do you think like she was pulled? I started thinking about the helicopter from the like last episode. And I was curious as to, okay, all of a sudden this random helicopter and then Geraldine kind of shows up. Do you think she was like, it was purposeful that she was in there or do you think she was pulled into that reality by kind of an accident, which is why she has no home. She has like no setup like the other characters do. I kind of wanted to like know your thoughts on what that could. Yeah, I think it's probably more that she, you know, since she was wearing the sh- the, the sword necklace, I think it probably is more that she was an agent and, and sent no. sent in there, and that would also explain why she doesn't have a house because she's, you know, presumably coming and going. But what? So here's the thing that that raised. So I I thought that Monica was an agent who infiltrated, and in that moment that they met, she was like, oh, I have to have a cover story for Wanda. But I guess that means only like 12, 15 hours have happened since they met formally. Because if she doesn't have a house, I'm like, girl, where are you staying? (laughs) You know, like, how did you change your look? Obviously, she's finally susceptible to that world. There were two questions I had for that. One, it seems coupled with what Vision said when they were thinking about naming the twins and they had that Shakespearean quote about all the world's a stage. Like, and we, you know, and the quote goes on to say, we are merely players. Everyone in this reality seems to be in on it. And, you know, so they, they're aware that Monica came in as an agent from outside. And then the next question I had regarding that was Wanda knew to throw her out. Wanda didn't kill her. Wanda didn't, Wanda didn't banish her. She threw her out of that reality. So Wanda knows she's in some kind of bubble and she has control over it. To what extent, I, I think we'll find out. Flink, I want to know all of your thoughts on Monica. I, I want I want these 75% <laughs> notes right now. Oh, I mean, I mean, you got it. You got it. I just wanted to touch on the fact that I was right. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, 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 I just, I, I, like I said, I just, I enjoy what Tiana is bringing to the role. I think that there is an enthusiasm that she, she naturally has for, for, for doing what she's, what she's doing here. And I, I think that just her character is obviously Monica Rambeau in the comics is 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 one of my favorite of the the non mutant female characters, uh, you know, and she's been the leader of of the the friggin' Avengers. Like she, mm-hmm. it was the first, I believe, she was the first female leader, certainly the first female African American leader. Um, so I'm just 
I'm just excited. I'm just excited that she's having her moment. I'm excited that this feels like a, a natural, like her being an agent of sword feels like a natural progression considering we know her as, you know, she was caught up in the action with shield with, you know, Nick Fury and captain Marvel and, and, and all of that. So like it, it would, it, just makes sense that she would be in this sort of role. And I think it is an interesting and exciting uh, angle to take with the character. And Tiana yeah. is just killing it, killing it. But uh, the most exciting thing to happen in this episode, of course, were the birth of the twins. Yes. So Ryan, or excuse me, Nightfall, what, what were your overall impressions about the birth of the twins? I, well, you know, I love uh, House of M's story and especially tying back to the Young Avengers. I actually also had, you had a set of the Young Avenger action figures as well. Yeah, and yeah, the I is. Got, I got my own set too. At the time, I actually liked Iron Lad a lot for whatever reason. I well, you were an Iron Man fan. Yeah, and that makes sense. But I definitely, obviously, you know, naturally I'm more of a Billy fan nowadays. <laughs> um, but I love that they've like canonically now like, admitted Billy and um, Tommy. I was about to say speed. Uh, Billy and Tommy are the twins and it's a really great interpretation. I was actually thinking about how, you know, House of M was like about the idea of reclaiming these kids essentially and like give, like recreating them and the image of the two kids she lost um, in the original comics, in the eighties comics. And now this is kind of an interpretation where it's kind of like, well we talked about it's like it's retconning a lot of the bumpy road that her story had to kind of make it easier um and it's so awesome to see that the like they're really bringing them to the forefront because it's going to start opening up now the doors for young avengers and so many other characters to start finally having an opportunity to showcase you know what makes the marvel universe and x-men by large so amazing um what makes me really sad though and this is a little bit prediction based is the fact and maybe they're doing this intentionally but they didn't really stray away from showing the kids in commercials and in advertisements. Like we know we're going to see like a scene with them in the cribs in the eighties kind of era. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is that beyond that, we don't really see them after they're in the cribs. Yeah. Especially since they're doing a modern family episode too. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to, I was going to mention something about that, but um, I think either a, we're going to start seeing the kids more developed and like see their personalities and see like child actors playing them or something bad is going to happen. Because it makes sense, too, for her world to start shattering when you take away the kids. Because then that's going to start to kind of create, like, a darker tone. And I think that's what's going to... Like, she has to crack. And I think something that's going to crack is her losing her kids. What, how? I don't know. But whether it's well, the agents of sword coming in and stealing them or something else. Yeah. Listen. Oh, that's creepy. Listen, <laughs> as long as you don't get Wanda by the pool with Wasp and her loose lips, <laughs> erasing kids from reality should be fine. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer, do not, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, do not make your way into WandaVision. Oh my God. <laughs> but Courtney, you look like you wanted to say something. So with all the new side care, like with the doctor, who I thought was just a very interesting character, um, and I paid a special attention to names and a lot of like the signals. I don't know if I was like in the wrong with this, but like, especially with the doctor um, from the very first line that vision says, like they don't, he doesn't say Dr. Nielsen. He says, Mr. Doctor, which I didn't know if that was like something of that time, or if that was like a, if that was of a 70s sitcom where they were just polite or that, or if it was something else, but I just kind of made notes of like when he kind of said that and versus like Dr. Nielsen versus just the doctor. No, and I love another, that. Yeah. And then that's why I was thinking I was, it kind of started that thought that I had that maybe there was someone else than Wanda kind of controlling this mm. reality. And so, especially with, vision when he kind of I mentioned earlier when he starts finding out that something is wrong and this reality then the reality resets um yeah. kind of just like that blip and I didn't know if Wanda and her superpowers if she always like because we've seen in the past episodes like she's had to like wave her hands or anything like that well she didn't do anything in that scene so I didn't know if she could just automatically, if she was so powerful where she can, she didn't have to do anything and she could control that. Or if there was something else 
kind of warping, doing anything. Cause even with the stork, she couldn't make it disappear. And I didn't know if that was, um, a sign of anything. And I was hoping you guys might have some in your grand knowledge. I, I, have I was going to say, we're going to throw this today. Oh, I, I think, Flank, it, it, I think you and I probably have the same theory. Do you have a theory on the on this? I, I, no, no. I mean, I just, oh. I just think that Wanda, you know, she's putting so much energy into like maintaining this false reality that like not being able to control something like accidentally bringing the stork to life and all the mm-hmm. paintings like spinning while she's like giving birth. I think that that's just the cracks. Yeah. And again, like I mentioned last week, this is the first time we've really seen her with reality warping powers. So we, we really, in, in this canon, we really wouldn't know, you know, that she yeah, has to no wave her hands or what she has to do to make her powers, to make but her powers work. I, so my theory for, I don't disagree with anything you said, Flink, but I think in this episode, we saw an element of Billy exhibiting powers from the womb. Ooh. Because if you notice with the, what do you call those things over the, the, the crib that the like spins mobile. around? Yeah, the mobile, the it turns, it turns into butterflies. And Wanda's like, huh? I didn't think I could do that. And then her powers are out of whack and she can't really control them. And I think it's Billy from, from the womb exhibiting powers. Would this, the expediency of her pregnancy maybe be associated with it Tommy? Yeah, it could be Tommy. Exactly. Speed right there. Look oh. at that. Wait, so the children have superpowers? They yeah, have- I guess. Yeah, they the inherited. exact powers of Scarlet Witch and her brother Quicksilver. Yeah. yeah, in the comics, in the comics. So Dayspring is is speculating that Billy, who is the you know quote unquote Scarlet Witch of the two twins, he has the reality warping powers, and then Tommy or Speed wow. has the the super speed. So and the, and that plays into the fact that Vision was speed running through yes. the ah. episode, and he's never really done that. Yeah, mm. and that would also make. Yeah, I mean, it just, for me, it just, it makes sense that Wanda, who we, we've seen she has some level of control, even when she's going bonkers, but she's never been like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Right, and that right. was a line that really clicked it for me. And so when we saw the stork and she couldn't really like control it, it was because it was Billy from the universe. That's wow. Like, really, I really like that interpretation because I didn't even imagine it that way. I kind of stayed on like the train that she was basically the <laughs> one controlling all of the, like everything going on. Um, but I was, I was also going to say something to the effect that we were just talking about, like her reality warping powers that you brought up, Courtney. Um, uh, well, first off, one, I love that the motif of like how television operates, like whether it's rewinding or an edit being made, like it's because I literally like I know we all probably did this, but I literally re like I went back like 10 seconds after that edit happened. Cause I like, was like, oh, my internet skipped. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I literally <laughs> was like, what happened? Cause it was just so good. Like it wasn't set up the way it was with Beekeeper um, in the previous episode. Beekeeper. It, was, Beekeeper. Um, it wasn't set up like that. It was very much like this weird, awkward edit. And it was so on par of like a show at that time where like the editing, it's not like rewinding it. It's like an edit just kind of chopped in and like it fixed the moment wow. for Wanda. Yeah. So I love like the TV motifs that are starting to kind of slowly come in as like a metaphor for like things not working well in the, uh, in the real yeah. world. Also to that same effect, um, something that's really interesting is that when um, Geraldine gets shoot, uh, shot out of the bubble, she's still in her seventies clothes. Yeah. So to an, to an extent, Wanda's influence in that world, let's say like my thing is that she's controlling everyone's aesthetic, the the world around her. It's shown that she can obviously manipulate objects to update them with the time. Anyone's kind of like general appearance gets affected by Wanda. That stays permanent into yeah. um, the real world. Oh. And, God, I, I, mean, I wish Wanda favorite, can give me a makeover, a quarantine makeover. <laughs> so she's like Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> she's just going around giving people makeovers. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, don't you want us some new hair? <laughs> so, did you notice though when she came flying out, there was a sign that said Westview. So we know yes. Westview is a real place. And it's I'm forgetting what it said. Um, home is where you make it, or something like that. I thought yeah. that was really nice. A little nice Easter egg. So what do we think Agnes is in on this? Like I she she seems like she might be, but just like based yeah. on like her having that hush hush conversation with her, but 
Herb doesn't, he seems like he is being affected by, by Wanda's magic and she doesn't. So like, I, I really don't know. And again, where's Ralph? Another mention (laughs) of this husband, Ralph. And I looked, there's two, there are two names that, that stood out to me this episode. Courtney, you mentioned, you know, paying attention to names. Um, Mm -hmm. Mr. Haddix, Geraldine's boss that she mentioned repeatedly in her story. Couldn't find anything online. That's Mr. uh... Haddix. I, I think it's a it's a character, but I think they gender bent the name, oh. and it's someone who works at Hydra, I believe. Oh well, that makes sense because didn't we have Hydra again in the in the commercial? Yeah, we did Hydra soak. Hydra yeah. soak. Find the goddess within. <laughs> Find the goddess. <laughs> what was their catchphrase? I had it written down. So it was something about like taking a take a trip without ever leaving home or something like that. So I I came across a BuzzFeed article. And they, they pulled out um, some references for WandaVision. And it's everything we discussed. There was nothing new in it, but they mentioned the soak. And so from the BuzzFeed article, they say the Hydra soak bath powder could be a callback to an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode when in an alternate timeline, Coulson mentions Hydra's mind-controlling soap. Whoa. What? That would be the first actual mcu reference to the show shield if i'm not mistaken yeah. i'm not a big Sh- uh, agents of shield fan uh, my husband is so i didn't uh, you know that's that's it but yeah that was i found that to be really interesting again i think there's probably an element of trauma and mind control within that commercial because the mm-hmm. woman in it she's having a breakdown she has to go off and then she's relaxed and soothing i think that you know you can draw parallels with wanda there but you know apart from i don't know if any of you read any more into it than that i just saw that she looked like susan sarandon (laughs) (laughs) i thought she looked like kathy griffin (laughs) (laughs) it's her hair and her face like she with that hair like that i that was like again i was like oh so, did they change it? No, it's the same actress. So <laughs> her name, same. her name is Victoria Blade, and I found her on Instagram. And I was like, how great would it be if she joined us for a recap? And I DM'd her because she only has like a thousand, two thousand followers, and she she hasn't read them yet. I went I went straight to her spam. She's so here, like you and like the four hundred thousand fanboys who are messaging me right now. I mean, she's got a pretty cool name. I what know, did you Victoria say? Blade. What Blade? Victoria Blade. Sister to Sonia. <laughs> oh my God. God, I wish Melina, Katana, Sonia, and Victoria Blade. I do have a few more things that we can take us can through them. Take us to you're you're you are our like certified Wanda stand. So we're all kind of counting on you to to let us know what we missed here. Wait, Nightfall. What were you saying, Nightfall? I was just gonna say this one joke that came in my head when the edit happened. I, I love always making again House of M references of no more mutants, but I love when the edit happened with Vision, she basically was like, no more nosy husbands. <laughs> Just like, wipe that one out clean. The episode in general was a lot, like the birth of the twins felt a lot more zany and faster than I wanted it to be. I thought we were going to have like an actual her telling her friends and, you know, neighbors that she's pregnant. So it happened really quickly, but you know, having the twins now officially in the MCU, it, it kind of like clicked when I finally saw them born that they're building the young Avengers in the same way that they built the Avengers, mm. which is, you know, we have the twins here. Kate Bishop is going to be in the Hawkeye series. Presumably we're going to get a kid Loki in the Loki series. And we know that Catherine Newton has been recasted as Cassie Lang in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So, I, I'm excited. I think the twins are here to stay. To what degree? I don't know. And, I, and I'm, I'm only saying that out loud because I've seen online a lot of people being like, let's not celebrate yet with the twins because, you know, if this is going to follow what happened in the 80s, they're going to either die or disappear in the end. But I don't think they're introducing Billy and Tommy just to take them away. And someone else before yeah. we jumped on recording my husband was watching uh, Grace Randolph and she was speculating that perhaps Evan Peters could be playing one of the twins grown up. I don't oh, know. At speed. Speed. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Speed. I don't know. I, I think it would be a missed opportunity if we don't get him as Quicksilver. That yeah. would be, you know, I, if you're going to do multiverse, why wouldn't you? I really don't think Mephisto's at play here. I don't, it, 
I don't either. You know, and that's who Evan Peters has long been rumored to play. Although we were able to see Agatha's brooch now, or Agnes's brooch. And there is like a Grim Reaper, you know, with a scythe on it. I was going to say, I still couldn't make it out. Yeah, it, it looks like it's eyes. a couple. Yeah, no, I had to like zoom in. The only reason was because it was a great shot. Like we finally got, by the way, can we just, our, our, our daily like appreciation for Catherine Hahn. Can we just, appre- can we all just go? There yes. wasn't enough of her. Yeah. Oh my God, when she winked and rang that bell, she's like, ah, ha, ha, wink. <laughs> ding, ding. I love, I, I love how meta she is. Like, because we were talking about it. It's like, is she in on it? I think it's a little bit, a bit of a mixture of both. Like, I almost feel like she's, there to be kind of like supporting whatever Wanda's doing, but there's an element of fear still in her that she knows. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of like tells that she definitely like is in on it um, yeah. at the end of the day, because it, like the way she was like looking at Herb and the way she was like, stop it, which again, and then call back to the first episode with the de- right. the dinner scene. Um, it's like really kind of like eerie. And I mean, again, her range in that scene was just so like good, especially just like how she, led up to the moment where she's like, no home. Like it, it was like really like hit that delivery of like how she just knows the character really well. And I would say that I could, I could definitely see if she's not fully in on it, like with Wanda, I can, um, which maybe she isn't, but I could see her there as like trying to be a stabilizing force for Wanda, you know, trying to keep her from uh you know breaking reality and then when we see her in her panicked hush hush conversation with herb it's because clearly reality is is starting to break around them and she's starting to get more concerned about it i just had a question about agnes in the comics because i'm not familiar with her character but is she friend or foe and also is she powerful not as powerful as wanda i just kind of wanted just a little bit It depends on, so her character is based off of Agatha Harkness. It depends on the story, to be honest. You know, in some iterations, she's more powerful than Wanda. In others, she isn't. But she is a powerful witch in the Marvel 616 universe. She was, as all powerful witches are, she was a nanny to Franklin Richards. And then she met Wanda through, through the Fantastic Four. And then she was sort of a guiding force to Wanda. And then Wanda kills her in House of M and she comes back as a ghost in Wanda's series. And then I think she's back to life right now as like a young person, <laughs> you know? Oh, I didn't know that, but yeah, that would yeah. make sense. They like that. They like that synergy. Yeah. So okay. I, I love Agatha. She was in X-Men Evolution and she's been in some of the other cartoons as well. But I think that's it, Flink. I don't know if there's much more to say about Agatha in the comics. Yeah, no, I mean, it just depends on on the writer and whether she's showing up in a Wanda book or a Fantastic Four book, what, how powerful she is and, and what her intentions are. Basically, whatever the plot demands is how powerful she is. <laughs> like, like with a lot of, yeah. of magical characters and yeah. like with Wanda herself. Yeah, well, Flink, you brought the, the, the really great point up. Like, we haven't seen Wanda alter reality to this level in the MCU. So how, how, how you know, are her powers out of control? Is it Billy from the womb? We don't know because this is the first time we are even seeing Wanda exhibit this level of power. Right. Yeah, and and to... to go back to to Billy for a second, the young Avengers, like, I don't see how anyone could deny that, that young Avengers is coming. You know, we have all the characters that you mentioned, plus we're, we're getting Ms. Marvel and we're getting Ironheart on, on Disney plus. So I can't imagine that with all of these younger characters coming into play and especially all of these younger legacy characters specifically coming into play, I, the you know the signs are flashing red for me like this is this is happening and i'm for one am am stoked if you had told me even just five years ago that there was a chance that we were going to get a young avengers with you know billy kaplan i i would have been i would not have believed you you're like stop lying to i'm excited and it makes sense that they would debut on disney plus because they're going to try to reach a younger audience with the young avengers and I, I just, everything is just so well done in WandaVision right now. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't understand what's going on. It's a slow burn. I'm happy with this level of mystery. My, my only thing that I can say retroactively now is I feel episodes one through three should have been released together. 
Definitely. Because I think Definitely. people would walk away from that being like, okay, something much larger is happening here. And because that, that scene with Elizabeth Olsen, when she's talking about Pietro, I mean, that's it. I mean, there's, there, there's your Emmy nomination right there. And it was just, it framed it for everyone. But did you guys notice once the episode was done, it redirects you to Age of Ultron? And yes. Age of Ultron was trending on Twitter last night. So ding, 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 ding. Great um, job, Kevin Feige there. <laughs> you know, he likes that. <laughs> thing about that ending. Um, did anyone else notice this where this I thought was so strange. So in the, for most of the episode, you know, it was shot like, cause also how it was shot was in that like kind of box like thing. Yeah. But then at the end, those like edges became, yeah expanded into that is that showing it again i don't know if there's like symbolism here or not in regards to like okay we're in the 70s and that this like kind of 70s reality and then it expanding into like a full bleed in the cinematography and how it's like being presented shows yeah. we're back in our reality and yeah. in our time yeah. and everything yeah um, ryan what was your night i'm sorry nightfall you mentioned that in your intro what was what are your overall thoughts on that like in terms of like storytelling i love that because it well for one it was so awesome because it was so ominous like it was so creepy when she was just standing over the children when vision came in and then so like for the aspect ratio to kind of just expand to like a cinematic, cause it was like a film kind of like, if you were in a theater, that's like what you would see. And it's just show you, it's like back in the real world in the MCU universe um, and not in Wanda's little like bubble. Um, so it kind of like expands and it was so beautifully shot because again, it's like her, I almost felt like it was her pushing the actual <laughs> thing. And like, re, like it kind of created that effect. Not, not that she did that, but I love that. That was another, again, using TV as a way of like, really kind of pushing how the world is falling apart how things are kind of going I love um I'm saying this right now by the way because I know you mentioned it and I'm so mad I was like I was <laughs> I wanted to say it first um but I was thinking about this from like just how they're going from decade to get decade and I was like oh my god the more recent one like whatever is going to be the contemporary or modern one is going to be a mockumentary style yeah like I didn't even think about how like how they're going to change the actual, like how the show would be shot as more of a mockumentary. Yeah. Well, so, like, oh, that's going to be so cool to see that. Like, play so out. they've, they've yeah. talked about this, that they're going to use the, the tools of how they told family stories throughout the decades to tell WandaVision and the symbolism there. But we've seen her already in like the Claire from modern family outfit yeah, with I, her hair tied I, back and the, the flannel I'm and not. the running gear. <laughs> Like I was like, bitch, you ain't fine. <laughs> she ain't fine. I, was like, I was like, something happened. Like something happens to the kids, whether the, and they'll they're gonna exist beyond this. They're gonna exist, but something for sure happens to her. And I love that. Like we're, I, I, you know, you were saying or people were saying that it was a slow burn. I feel like it's the right pace. I was so worried. I agree. I do agree. I do like, agree. I felt like I was worried that this was going to be too slow or too like for mm -hmm. people not to get like understanding Wanda's story. I feel like this has been boom 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 like i'm like so excited for the next episode just because i know the pace is going to be really well fast. can i yeah. ask uh, courtney are you seeing this with anyone or are you just seeing it solo so i'm seeing it solo but i have been asking kind of my friends that have watched it and they are okay. actually in the the latter kind of group where they just don't they don't, it's really slow and, but they don't have the extensive knowledge that you guys have or these conversations. So they're actually not noticing, they're noticing kind of the as face value when you're watching it and you, I mean, see the reset and you know, like something's wrong. And then at the end when she gets thrown out, but all the little details, like most of them are not catching. And yeah. so I don't think they're getting kind of the full experience and understanding that we are getting and of course they're not going to um bother with looking up reviews or kind of see all that so they're just watching it for entertainment Pausing but, it frame by frame <laughs> right and so but they're not really getting because i'm telling them like no there's so much more in the level of detail but they just don't they don't know what to look for i think yeah. is the problem and well, they're just not knowledgeable well i was gonna ask ryan and flink i'm sorry nightfall and flink are Alan and Kinney watching this as well. And how are they, are, are they following along? Do they see something 
do they see the larger story? I'm just curious on like an outsider's perspective. Of course, I'm watching it with, with Kenny. Um, he is... He's a fan of of the MCU. We, we've always seen the films together. Um, and he's, at this point, he's pretty into it. You know, he, when we stop it, he has questions. He's the one that's like, did Mr. Haddix, does that name mean anything to you? Um, so yeah, he is able to to sort of um, get into it on, I'm not gonna say a, you know, a deeper level because that sounds so, you know, pretentious, but he is able to, to you know, understand that there's, more at play here and and sort of pick up on, on the little clues and i feel like that it, it's it, it's very much up his alley and courtney you you may disagree with this but there's a little bit of twin peaks kind yeah. of kind of yeah. in here and yes. he's like a, you know where everything is not as it seems so yeah. he's a, that that's our favorite that is like our show together we have <laughs> we have met people from the show together. We have done costumes from the show together. Um, so just the that whole hurts. vibe of this is, is, is right up his alley and he loves it. So he's into it. Yeah, I can totally see. I mean, he is such like, Kenny's also has a level of detail just in life being- Just in life. <laughs> <laughs> that he could pick it, but man, yeah, that Twin Peaks, I can like the level of detail in Twin Just Peaks. a little bit, like not the plot, but just like- right. Yeah, no, right. the feel, yeah, I agree with you 100%. What about Alan? No, uh, yeah, he's been watching it with me in the mornings. Um, we'll mm. watch WandaVision and he's, you know, he's caught up too on uh, episode three now. But we actually a long time ago, even before WandaVision was like a thought currently, I actually, I forgot why, but I showed him House of M, like a recap kind of video of it and like overseeing the series and everything for my own sake, but also for him. And I was like showing him all these cool things with like, you know, universe ideas and like the multiverse kind of thing, because that's the one thing I'm really, I think we can kind of agree on is that whatever happens in WandaVision is going to create the idea of like a multiverse, especially with Dr. Strange's movie coming out too. Mm -hmm. This is going to create the idea that multiverses are going to become more mainstream. Like for the, you know, MCU has to kind of slowly introduce things as if they're a new concept so that it's well adjustable. Yeah. Let's um, talk about the multiverse here for a second, because I do believe we are going to get an Agnes versus Wanda, you know, moment, and it's going to be great. And it's going to, WandaVision has to end with the multiverse in jeopardy. So it can yeah. lead into Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. But, you know, I think if you follow like the movie industry quite a bit, DC, this was supposed to be their claim to fame. Yep. was going to be the, the flash movie yeah the flash movie flashpoint uh, everything and kevin Feige, he did this multiple people have said this he did not want to do civil war and then he found out about batman versus superman and he did that he they were doing wonder woman they did captain marvel and now he's doing the multiverse and he's beating dc to the punch <laughs> and he's doing lady, it lady and he's doing it look it's it's better but doing it in style one other thing, one other thing I noticed, and this was such a like small thing. And I didn't even, it was like on my second viewing because I was just pausing, looking at everything. So when Vision is timing himself and changing the diaper, Wanda is cutting the pineapple oh, that yeah. Agnes mm -hmm. gave her yep. in episode one. And I'm just like, like that level of detail and continuity. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, regardless of this, I don't think it's symbolic of anything. I just think right. whoever is behind the production props and everything, they're keeping it. Everyone's in line. They're on their best behavior. Even the yeah. animals yeah. too, because yeah. remember, like we had like lobsters in like episode one. Oh, I forgot episode two. A rabbit was in oh, episode yeah. two yeah. and then yeah. three was yeah. like the stork. So. Oh yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, it's just- Point. And Courtney, I believe you brought this up last episode. Still no children, no kids around. All this yeah. talk about kids, well, except for the twins, but like no one else in this world has children. So I wonder if Wanda, you know, saved the kids, you know what I mean? Like took them out of there. They're safe elsewhere. They're safe elsewhere. But, you know, the last thing I, I wanted to mention from the episode was that people are trapped there. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the doctor all but confirms it by saying like, oh, oh, oh small yeah. towns, you can't leave. And yeah. even when Vision rushes there, he's trying to fix the car so he can leave. Mm -hmm. So he, even if Vision hadn't interrupted him, he wasn't going to leave town. Right. Yeah. So that's- um, I would say my, my final like sort of thoughts on this is- uh, and, 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 and don't get, get too carried away with, with me saying this day spring, but it's making me, this series is making me come around 
to Wanda a little bit. Like, don't you, Wanda? Don't you I, want, I, this reality I, doesn't suck. Hot chips and Wanda make it not. <laughs> don't you, Wanda, Wanda, Wanda? Uh, no, but like, I, I, I'm appreciative. They haven't really done anything with her in the, in the MCU. She's just sort of been in the background and been like a, a plot device. But I think what's so great about, about this, this series is that this is all a product of the trauma that they haven't been giving her the screen time for in the movies. The yeah. Stark bombing, yeah. being experimented on, Pietro and Vision's death. And, and I wanna be clear, I, it, it's not that I, I think she's being villainous. Um, she's clearly sort of processing all of this trauma through like the lens of this US sitcom ideal, but it, it appears to be starting to have, you know, real consequences on the people around her and potentially reality. And so, you know, as like, as a big hero and an Avenger for Christ's sake, I, I would hope that by the end of this, we would start to see some concern from her you know, about the effects of what she's doing. Otherwise, you know, unless we're doing like the dark Wanda saga, which maybe I support that. I, I kind of love her as the boogeyman for the X-Men in the comics. So pretender, 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 pretender. No, so taking that kind of approach with her in the films would also be interesting. I don't know. I just, the fact that I'm speculating about what is going to happen next with Wanda for the first time in how many films has she been in at this point? It's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm, enjoying I, I knew that I was going to enjoy this but I I'm enjoying the arc and the implications for for Wanda more than just oh here's another MCU thing I watch them all and I enjoy them you know what I mean yeah there's two things I just want to say really quickly that you just said one I I think people forget and in, in the list of all the traumas you just gave she was also dead for five years so right? can you oh, imagine yeah. being blipping back into existence and being like, okay, so yeah, you're, you just killed your lover. Your brother's still dead. You have this horrible childhood and you were dead for five years. Oops. I'm, I'm team Wanda's breakdown. I think it humanized her. Uh, mm -hmm. Secondly, I love the dark Wanda saga just because if, you know, later down the road, they want to do X-Men and they want to tackle the Phoenix saga and the dark Phoenix saga. We now know that they will take the time to let these stories yeah. marinate. Yeah. And maybe it's a character who's in the background for a couple movies, who's going to get their own Disney plus show, but they will, they will take the time to show you their fall from grace, which mm -hmm. in past X-Men movies, we've just seen dark Phoenix be done at the drop of a hat and ridden away like, oh yeah, Jean's crazy. You just never knew that, you know? And, I, and there's so much more to why a lot of people are like, oh, you can't do the Phoenix saga on the big screen. No, you can. You just need to take your time to tell that story and let it develop and let the audience become invested. Show Jean Grey the respect she deserves. So basically I'm just saying WandaVision is a perfect template for our god queen Jean Grey. That's all I, I just want to say. already stolen her hair. I've already I'm stolen her weave. Anka's wig. Like literally <laughs> on the set. Like who, no, nothing's sacred anymore. I, um, I just want to say, Dayspring, I have spent this entire episode wearing a Jean Grey Oh, I noticed. I noticed. I and noticed. you don't even want to, like, like say anything about I that? Wanna, I want I, I have my theories as to why you're wearing it. <laughs> but I'm curious why I'm you're cold. wearing it. Oh, because you're cold. Oh, and Jean's keeping you warm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, two quick things. One in the trailer, we, we've seen a lot of scenes that haven't made it into the oh, yeah. show oh, yet. Like one of them was pregnant Wanda reassembling the nursery after she presumably threw Monica Rambeau out. And another one from the black and white where Vision's like, Wanda, you know, and, and we haven't had the moment. So I wonder if we're going to be rewinding and going back to certain times in this, in this little pocket universe or if that's just B-roll they use to just fill, you know, and pad the trailer. I think... And, um there's a lot, by the way, like going back to kind of what we were talking about, there's a lot of love being put into the show. Like it's almost yeah. being treated as if it was a movie, like a theatrical. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's what yeah. I love so much about this is that like, they're not missing anything. They're not like miss. Uh, they're not skipping out on any little detail that they can possibly throw in to make this show feel amazing. Um, and you, you can watch all the trailers and see like even the, the kind of bewitched moment where like, she pulls the beds together in the original, it like automatically covers the cover versus her mm -hmm. turning it into a single bed. Yeah. Um, so there's and it's the same effect for Samantha. 
yeah, there's definitely a lot of like interesting little things that they kind of adjusted to maybe make the story make more sense. Um, but I love the the attention to detail on the makeup, the hair, the aesthetics, like everything is so like just yeah. given a and lot. Even Wanda's look in this episode, I saw somewhere on Twitter, they did a side-by-side to Samantha in color uh, from Bewitched and, and Wanda was giving those vibes. And they also named the episodes. Did you guys notice that? Yes. No. Yeah, so now the episodes have names. Episode one is called Filmed Before a Live Studio Audience. Episode And I two, believe it really was, too. Yeah, they really were. Episode two is Don't Touch That Dial. And episode three is Now in Color. So, I did actually notice that. I did notice yeah. that. Okay. So, yeah. But so, only that. You know, we're, we're crazy Marvel fans. Like, I'm like, why did they release the episode titles now? You know, like, it's... So let's what see. What does it all mean? But yeah. I, I think we tore apart this this little this little 25 minute episode i was gonna say i was gonna say i'm glad that i set this up as a wanda sode and not a <laughs> mini sode because here we are we're calling these wanda sodes right now going forward because that's that's great don't you want more of us <laughs> next week perhaps next week okay and guys on amazon and comiXology house of m is on sale it's 9.99 Ooh. Go get it. Yeah. yeah. You haven't read it yet? Do you have an acquire knowledge or anything? I don't think you need to read it in order to understand this, but I think it eventually, I think that's what we're getting. I think we're eventually building up towards a House of M saga. I think as long as you know that Wanda has had a breakdown and has reality warping powers, House of M, you can, you can follow. That's it. it. I knew this conversation was going to be good because that was a good episode. It was a good episode. I can't wait for the 80s. I, I'm i excited for it. I, I kept looking at the sets for the 80s and I kept just thinking of Reba because I loved watching Reba on Lifetime. And that oh literally looks like the set. But it's not set in the 80s, but I still was like, that looks like the Reba set that they just <laughs> took in like Reba. I would be dead if Wanda came out in a little red <laughs> Reba wig. Like, can you imagine? I would die with those bangs. And the- so wait, so 80s, who's 80s going to be inspired by? Full oh, House. Yeah, that's a good one. Full House? Like, is it Full yeah, House? Uh, she has like the ponytail too. She has a ponytail like that. And then we know we're going to get a Roseanne-ish episode. We saw her with the, the frizzy hair and the flannel. Yeah. So and then we're... Be- and then we're going to get uh, Modern Family for sure. But I wonder, yeah, I, Full House. They asked Elizabeth Olsen that question and she kind of dodged it. <laughs> yeah, because they haven't shown like what the 2000s have shown. Because I, I imagine that Modern Family being more of like the 2010s maybe. Yeah. Because of how close, like that's a little bit more contemporary. Whereas like an early 2000s could be like a, a Will and Grace-esque kind of. Frasier. Frasier, Frasier. yeah. <laughs> that chair. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's going to be, yeah, I, I think it, it, I'm trying to think of family sitcoms from that era, from uh, the uh, early 2000s. I mean, Reba comes up to mind. Yeah. All I could think of, though, You were obsessed with Reba, man. I, I watched that series twice, and Alan oh, met yeah. Reba at freaking, um, what's his place, at The Grove. I literally, he goes, I have to go to the Grove's Apple store. Do you want to come? You don't have to come. I'll just go by myself. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll just stay home. It's all good. I don't really want to go out today. Literally, I get a text message. It's just a photo of him and Reba together. And I was like, are you kidding me? I, I would be dead. <laughs> that would be up- the end of our relationship. <laughs> he goes up to her and he goes, I need to take a photo with you because my boyfriend would be so mad if I didn't. And she goes, we can't have that. And like brought him over and just like took oh the my photo. God. It was That's so perfect. It's so good. Um, but I was going to say too, like, I love this entire the moment with her like pregnant, hiding it. Just literally kept reminding me of every scene with Deborah Messing where they tried to put like I, a bag or a purse or something. I had Deborah Messing in my notes. Exactly that. Like, I had Deborah Messing, Marsha Cross, and Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. Oh, Carrie Bradshaw. Oh God, yeah, for sure. Covering her pregnancy the whole time. It was it was a fun episode. I, again, my, my only qualm with it was I wanted it a little bit more of like her being out and about and pregnant and like everyone came like, Oh, Wanda, you're pregnant. <laughs> I didn't know that they were trying to keep that secret and all they're, that. They're also editing this, this episode so much because the trailers just show such different scenes yeah. playing out. Like when she's like, who are you? She goes, I don't know. Like, 
and it maybe it's shot for the trailer more so to give an effect but you can see that the scene is similar and like they just mumble her like oh and they and they do different takes because and again maybe this is you know going to come back later but once she's here like we just don't know what to expect she says it very like earnestly and like you know in the trailer but then in the show she's like we just don't know what to expect you know like with a little bit more animation to her voice so I'm curious if they're just using different takes to throw audiences off or will Wanda rewind and revisit seminal moments in this universe. I bet we do. Well, and even Agnes in the next episode says, let's take it from the top. Oh, is it the next one? Let's take it from the top. Oh, Agnes says it. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, She says it in one of the trailers. She's like, let's take it from the top. Well, now I'm I'm wondering, is is she afraid that she said something wrong and Wanda's like, I'm going to fucking kill you? that's, That's what I'm curious of, too. Like, how... I think she she plays a role, but she's also a victim in all of this at the end of the day. Like she's still like under Wanda's like control. I, I, I'm more convinced after this episode that Wanda and Agnes are gonna definitely fight and Agnes is gonna be trying to protect people yeah. from Wanda. That Wanda will lose her shit and Agnes is gonna be like, stop. And then that's when boom. Because there's no way, I, I don't think we're going to have our baby Yoda moment. I think our baby Yoda moment is going to be the twins. We're going to see the twins grown up and it's going to be either, let's just say Evan Peters for the sake of the conversation. All right, guys, as always, I'm the uncanny day spring. And I'm the adjectiveless Flinkman. I'm just Courtney. I don't have a like special alias title yet. So but thank you guys. And I'm your daily reminder that corduroy is a choice, not a lifestyle nightfall. And we'll see you guys all next week. Peace out.